I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. Almost messed that bit up then, Joel. As always, I'm joined by producer Joel. Hi, Mark. Hey, Joel. What's happening? Uh, you know, this and that. Keeping busy. What's locking new? down. What's new? What's new in your life? Um, uh, you ask me this every week, and nothing's changed since it's, March, it's Mark. The trouble since yeah, since lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, same for me, Joel. Very similar. Similar vibes. Um, a few online gigs. Nice. Yeah. yeah. How are they going? Good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy them very much. Um, but the good news is we have got stuff to talk about because we, we, we've had a good week on the old podcast, Joel. We've got a lot of feedback from the last episode and I thought I could have. sort of tell you about Plenty of new listeners. We've had lots of new hello, listeners. Hello, guys. If you're new, hello. Thanks for joining. Loads of great episodes for you to go and check out. But let's listen to this one first because this is the new one. This is current. Um, and we've got some feedback from last week. Would you like to hear some feedback from last week, I'd Joel? I'd love to. I'm aching to hear it. This podcast is shit. No, no, not that one. Only joking. So, um, so basically, I put up a. Uh, okay, okay. This one first. There's loads. I'll just go go through them, Joel. Go, go, go. So, Alf, friend of the show, Alf, previous uh, guest on one of the Edinburgh shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the podcast, I made a joke about just an accent, just an ad lib joke that I was talking about going running, no walking, and then. Mm-hmm. If you go the other way round, it seems like a, a new walk. And then I made a mm. joke about not backwards, I wasn't walking backwards. And yeah. Al thinks that, that that's a good joke and I should try and work, work that into a bit. Okay. So I was thinking I could say, um, uh, I, w- I always go walking the same way, and so- but sometimes I go the other way around, but I keep backing into stuff. Yeah, I keep bumping into stuff. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah, bumping. Bumping's fine. Oh, would they get? Would they still? Oh, I don't know. Get? They, they, Maybe they, not. They'd have to, wouldn't they? Because it wouldn't make any sense to bump into yeah. stuff. Just walking <laughs> a different route. No. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So yeah, so there's a nice little bit of feedback there, and also um, another joke uh, that I was talking about was my parrot joke, where I say. Um, I my parrot sits at home watching uh, the Dave Channel, repeating everything. Yeah, and it works okay. Yeah, but not like it's not a big hitter. And so he um, said, 
I called my I called my parrot UKTV Gold because he's always repeating everything. In fairness, I could have just called him Dave, which I think is quite a nice idea. Yeah, yeah that's good. But I think for me, because I know Alf's act, and Alf's act is sillier than mine. Mm-hmm. So him calling his parrot UKTV Gold, I think you go, oh yeah. But I think if I'd said that, it'd be like, oh what? That's that's a bit of a weird setup. Whereas mm, I like myself okay, to be in, in reality. Yeah. But I do like the idea of the the name bit. So I was thinking maybe something simple as so same setup as my one. So my 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 parrot sits at home repeating everything. Mm-hmm. So I called him Dave. Yeah, that works. Which I think is very succinct and punchy so i reckon that might be punchier than my original try it give it a go i quite like that and then someone else totally randomly also made a similar suggestion a bit later though so they're a bit late to the party um maybe the joke at the end could be i've got a parrot called dave he repeats everything which is the opposite way around to what i just said but i think it i i think it's better the other way around as in, yeah, it might not be, but I think I think he repeats everything. You're spreading that laugh out because as soon as you say repeats, they sort of get the joke and then you finish it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, so I called him Dave. Dave is the full bang yeah. of the bang. Punch. Dave. Yeah. So that was good little feedback. Thanks for that, everybody. Um, you want to hear some more feedback, Joel? Or do you want Love to crank to. on? Okay, more feedback. I put up a video of Julian and I, I don't know if you saw mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. a little clip. Uh, go check that out on the socials, at Jokes with Mark. Simon, Jokes with Mark. Jokes with Mark, don't know my <laughs> social. Um, the podcast is Jokes with Mark Simmons. Um, and so that was when we, we went through the discussion of, um, I spotted when Julian was talking some wordplay. Oh, what was it? It was to do with, oh, Hawk, out on a limb. So I was mm-hmm. doing, so... Mm-hmm. Was it? No, that wasn't what we were talking about. Flipping it. Okay. What was it? Oh, God. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh, about It's about parrots talking. Yeah, so Julian said about parrots <laughs> can talk. That's, so why, yeah. why, why is that not a bigger deal? Yeah. And I spotted um, the wordplay, you can talk. So we worked all the way through it, and we got to um, my parrot... My parrot has a go, had a go at me for not being a very good parrot trainer. I yes. Said, no, I said, you can talk. Yeah. Good joke. But uh, there's joke. been another great suggestion from Simon Lomas, another uh, good joke writer. Um, he said, love this. What about your parrot says, you're always stating the obvious. So that's good. So my parrot says, I'm always stating the obvious. I said, you can talk. Yeah. Another nice. Good joke. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So there's two good options there. So with the the you the, the parrot that 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 last one, the you can talk bit doesn't have two points because you don't know that the parrot also states the obvious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's kind of what they do, isn't it? Well, I mean, they don't yeah. say anything particularly complicated, or no, I guess so. They just repeat back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, in that case, then it's even better. Polly wants a cracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he does want a cracker. Always. It's obvious. And Jolie wants to crack on with today's guest. I've got the guest. vibe that you want to crack on. I, I'm I'm enjoying chatting to you, Joel, because this is like a mini podcast in one. But you want to crack on, okay? It's just because on. there's so much great stuff. 
is about there? to hit listeners' ears. You just listen yeah. to it. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it is. A, I remember it being a great episode. Um, well, let's do it then. Who have we got this week then, Joel? We've got the supreme Chris Turner. Chris Turner, all the way yes. from America. Wow, America. Oh, that rhymed, didn't it? Which is quite good because he is a freestyle rapper as well as a great joke writer. But you'll hear all about that now. I was going to ask you about the the jokes because like one-liners and wordplay isn't really an American thing. And I've often wondered if I did any gigs in America, whether they'd Um, be on board with it. Because I can imagine with the rap, the rap is... I just... You, Works much even, better over here, yeah. Because also Cause you're, you're English, which is even funnier mm. to them that you can do this. Yeah. Because of you know what what they think of English people. So yeah. like, how how does the wordplay go down, or have you changed how you do things in your stand up? So I mean, I I think there's a lot of I think Americans are used to one liners, right? If you think about Jeselnik, I mean, I know it's not one liners, but they mm. think of it as gags, right? And you've got Hepburn, Stephen Wright, obviously he's weird, and yeah. yeah, exactly. So they get that, and I found that like initially. Like I came to America before I moved here doing stuff off the back of like this YouTube clip of one-liners because people were getting in touch like, wow, these are really smart. Oh, like, well, let's let's yeah. do some shows. Um, but I, I stopped doing just one-liners or just deadpan one-liners so early on. I think like from just chats with various people, but like Gary Delaney was like, look, here's some advice that took me three years to learn. If you are going to be, oh, this is before I was even doing the rap, mm. right? He was like, if you are, if you want to do better opening, because I was just having trouble opening gigs with deadpan one-liners, yeah, yeah. obviously. And he was like, you just need to loosen up. You need to have fun with the jokes. You need to yeah. laugh at your own jokes and be more jovial. And it was then my first Edinburgh show had like, was loads of one-liners, but then a 15-minute story, which I enjoyed much more than the one-liners because it felt okay. more real. Not to denigrate one-liners, obviously, but like, yeah, I just enjoyed it. telling that story. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just started doing... It was when I started doing Edinburgh shows. I was just like, oh, no, I'm just going to do longer bits. And obviously, a long joke is just one-liners tied together, right? Like, it's yeah. that's how it is or how I was doing it. So um, over here, one-liners still work. And if I'm doing Did you have a to- short set, I might just come out and just do some gags. Um, Did you have to but- have a good look at what you'd got and what would translate? Yeah, Um the it's like you know certain jokes you know aren't going to work because they don't know what it means like you know mm. in the uk like i love my a christ is for life not just for dogmas joke <laughs> but in america like that would just no one would ever get that so yeah. um i don't know how the that, main thing that's saying no they don't know oh. um, so i wouldn't you wouldn't know did, so would you, did you know that beforehand or did you try it and just go oh right they don't get this i think like when i started gigging in australia i used to just send my jokes in advance to oh, friends over there and be yeah, like yeah. tell me what wouldn't work so i did the same over here mm. i just asked comics like or americans um although you have to be careful you ask because some people are just they don't know anything so you tell them a joke and they'll be like no we don't have that and then i like realize you do know you're just an idiot um the main change over here is one like your timing changes you have to slow it down um i thought i was like bombing my first few american gigs and then i realized i was just going too fast because the accent or like this kind of i don't know i remember like seeing an american comic or li- what a clip of a comic called Geechee Guy who did one-liners and he'd like call them joke grenades and then he was, he'd like have this thing where he'd tell a joke and then in the gap between them getting the punchline and him having delivered it, he'd like throw a mime grenade into the audience. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they do just take longer to get that joke, right. even though it's not necessarily, like some of them were like quite smart jokes, but it wasn't a hard joke. Mm. But it was like, and obviously a lot of the gimmick is, you know, you throw out and they're like, they wait for it to land and they laugh. But 
I'd find that I'd do jokes and I wouldn't explain them enough. And so it's when you see American comics being like, they do a punchline and it won't get the laugh. And then they go, that's fucking crazy. And then the audience laugh. And it's like, oh, you've explained that that's a crazy thing to happen. Oh, um, really? So I just, oh my God. Yeah, I just make the jokes a bit more obvious. Like yeah. you'd add a, like, you know, a joke of mine I used to do all the time was like, uh, I was doing a gig and there was this woman in the front row uh, and she was from Papua New Guinea and she had her son's foreskin on a chain around her neck. Um, you know, I can't remember how this joke goes, but like, uh, you know, she, she said it was a traditional custom, but um, her son looked very uncomfortable. And I do that joke over here and he gets a, gets a big laugh, right? Whereas in America, you do that and then, and you do it, you wouldn't really get a bigger laugh and you go, because it's still attached. And then they'd be, they'd be like, oh, oh, we get it now. Oh, um, my God. Because <laughs> in here, over here, if you explained it, that would kill it dead. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so so, so do I sort of react as in, because it's a different sort of laugh if you've explained it. So it's like, oh, God, you're so fun. You're so clever. And that's what they're Well, I think to. some people would get it, right? And mm. they, they feel, they actually feel smart for getting it. It's yeah. like when you do a gig in like, a place that speaks great English, but isn't an English native language. So like Norway, Holland, Germany. If you do a joke, I always found that you do a smart joke and the audience wouldn't laugh. They would applaud mm. because what they're doing is they're going, I understood that joke. I am yeah. very well they're educated. themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I think you get that in America a lot more. Um, I also found that I had to stop, like, I'm my opener in the UK, and I mean, I still do it over here occasionally. I have to, I have to write a new one now because my trump, my opener was a Trump opener oh, yeah. that was good because they never saw it coming, um, which actually was, so it was the one about like, oh, it's, it's another foreskin joke, which is why I had to stop doing my foreskin oh. around the neck joke because I was like, I can't have two foreskin jokes up in the show. <laughs> um, I'd come on and just be like, oh, hey, um, uh, I'm British. So like, well, I know, okay, this is my second opener because I always talk about not having a chin. Um, and oh, yeah. that... I had to stop doing more than one self-deprecating joke in America oh. because I started getting encouraging rounds of applause, right? So I'd do a self-deprecating oh. joke, like, oh, I can't grow a beard, don't even have a chin, blah, 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 blah. And then if I do like another self-deprecating joke, like I had this weird throwaway one I'd do at small gigs. If you, cause like so many LA shows are like little bar shows and I'd be like, um, I'm like, oh, hey, this is really cool. Like, it's a really intimate little venue. There's like, what, 20 of us here. I like the idea that when I'm really famous, you can all say to your friends, oh my God, that comedian. Ah, oh, I had no idea that he'd ever do that well. Um, you know, it's just some throwaway <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. that I do in like Edinburgh when you're doing a shit little venue. Yeah. Um, and I do that joke. And even if that was only the second or third joke of the set, I'd get people in the audience being like, no, no, buddy, you're really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, no, you're going to make it. And so you have to stop being self-deprecating. <laughs> They're so positive. The, yeah, well, they're like, no, you can do it, which is the difference between American and British crowds, basically, yeah. right? You're on stage in Liverpool. They're like, go on then, mate, be funny. Whereas yeah. over here, they're like, you're on stage, you must be funny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the, the opener over here, which I have to change, I guess. Um, actually, it'll still work, but I just go, you know, oh, so I don't have a chin. Uh, I do have a foreskin, though. Uh, fun laugh because oh we're different um you guys don't have force because you're circumcised i did some research i know why you guys circumcise your young men uh it's because you collect all the foreskins and you knit them together and you make a president <laughs> and everyone everyone's like ha 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 and then it, it would work any state i did it in like even if places they went, that like, like trump well because then i'd go i'd go hey calm down i didn't say which president I wrote that joke six years ago. And then they'd all laugh. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, you yeah. fucking idiots. Um, 
So I'm mean, thinking, is that'll still work because you know, yeah, whoever, Biden's, if or if he is the president, Biden still looks like a sack of foreskins. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so like you have to you have to change it a bit. Mm. But one of the things I found, especially because I came over here and I was you know done you know eight nine years of comedy, so I was more comfortable on stage. One of the things I got feedback on really early on was like, you're so nice and friendly and likable, which I presume is the accent. I presume is me being more comfortable now than with being myself on stage. Whereas in the past, mm. it was like, oh, one liners, oh, oh, because you yeah. know, like, what when you're 19, 20 performing in fucking jonglers, you yeah, need this like yeah, fucking yeah. steel. I couldn't go on stage and be like, hi guys, I've got some <laughs> little jokes to tell you. I have to be kind of like, oh, he's weird. Um, yeah, yeah. So I like that. And I think that's different to a lot of american comics who are you know they come over here we'll come over to the uk and we're like oh wow they're so authoritative and hard-nosed and like just yeah. punchy assertive um, aren't they yeah and i would say that you know even though there's not necessarily that many one-liner comics over here i mean obviously there are like mike kaplan you know it's great gags but i need they, to write these names down because i don't know a lot of the one-liner guys over there mike, mike kaplan's brilliant is he um, okay yeah mmyq um kaplan oh and the this kind of like they are gaggy mm. because really American weekend comedy clubs, even if the gags are weak, um, like you'll see an act up there and they are hitting like a punchline every 10 or 15 seconds a lot of the time. Mm. Um, so it feels like a one liner thing, even if those punchlines are kind of like C grade punchlines that you're like, well, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't work if you just said, here's a joke. Um, so I think, you know, while there might not be as many one-liners, they, they do like this kind of quick, gaggy structure. And I guess it's nice to be different on a, a lineup because I, I find a lot of Americans are fairly similar in style. So if you are... Yeah, LA specifically is good as well as New York because the lineups, especially compared to, I mean, the UK, right? You do a weekend gig and you're like, oh, cool, four white guys. This is great. Yeah. And I, I'm pre I'm pre would hope it has changed more recently, but like... Um, in LA, uh, there'd be shows where I was the one white person, or I mean, I was definitely the only British person ever. And then you start, you know, start gigging with Chris Martin, the other British person, because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, we both live in LA. And it's like, <laughs> no, my my joke. I mean, we did a we did a show at the Comedy and Magic Club, which is my favorite club, where there was like five foreigners on a lineup of ten comedians. Um, it was like Ismo, who's uh, Finnish, oh, yeah. and yeah, and like. Yeah, people, people, yeah, it was quite funny to be like, oh, we're outnumbering you guys for once. But yeah, the diversity here is good because you you see more perspectives and then you write better jokes. Mm. Um, I mean, that was a weird thing coming here. Like, I was like, in the UK, you never talk about race because we don't talk about race in the UK. Um, over here, it's like, I'd see comedians do material. I'm like, initially, I was like, oh, wow, that seems really racist. Why is the crowd laughing at this? And then you're like, oh, no. In America, they talk about race on comedy stages because it's the only place they want to ever talk about it because they never discuss it, you know, in their fucking day-to-day right, yeah. -day lives or acknowledge anything. Whereas, like, there's a lot of black comics who will talk about, you know, white people do this, whatever, which I guess, you know, uh, seems like a hack thing. But it, I don't know, like, when it's done well, it's good. And so I'd find out that talking about, one, talking about being British, obviously, right, you talk about that. Mm. But two, talking about different races in America like from my perspective, this makes it sound like I'm so insightful. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, you can say that you saw this and you can be like, oh, this Cuban guy came up to me and it 
they get the joke more. Whereas I think if you would do it on stage in the UK and you were like kind of, oh, this Jewish guy came up to me, people were like, why have you said he's Jewish? What's going on? Yeah, um, yeah, they get tense straight away, no matter what, what it's yeah. about. And this yeah, makes it sound yeah. like I've turned into some kind of real right-wing comedian, which I genuinely <laughs> haven't. I just, it was interesting to be like, oh, this is kind of, So have you, when, I don't when know, you've it writ- works better over here. When you've written the joke since you've been over there, have you tried any over here that don't work? Or would you just know roughly, I can't talk about that over um, here? The a hard thing with like doing Edinburgh shows when you're writing Edinburgh shows in America, right? Like, so like the only, you know, the only place I'm gigging in a year, most of the time is America. And then maybe I'll go to Australia and do mm. Perth Fringe there. Cause I really love doing that. And that's where I like write and work on a lot of shows. Um, it's hard to do material. There's some material I'll just write. I'm like, this will work in Edinburgh, but I can't try this in America because they won't get it. Like I had an opening routine about tea that if I do here, they don't get it. But it was like the opening routine of like my Edinburgh show like three years ago, which was just really fun. It was like an observational routine about tea. Could never mm. try it over here. I had to just go back and be like, ah, I need like two previews to work on this material. Right. Um, but then there's routines that are really fun to do over here. Like I had one that closed that show about living in America, which was all about American football, but really it was about the attitude towards the fact that black Americans are, you know, they get college scholarships to play, to play American football. Um, it was an Uber driver who told me this, this guy was like, Oh, Hey, what are you just like, what do you do? He was like, Oh, you play college football. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, do you still like playing? He's like, Oh no, it fucked up my brain. Um, oh, God, like yeah, I'm, you know, I, I, I can't think. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awful. He's like, yeah, uh, the NFL is the modern day slave plantation because all the teams are owned by white guys telling black guys to go and hurt each other until they don't function anymore. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I was, and he's know, driving I was you. like, actually, yeah, afterwards I was like, oh, I need to write a routine about this. So um, I, I wrote this routine about CTE, chronic trauma, uh, traumatic. That's really topical over there as well. Yeah, I mean, especially mm. it was like, yeah, three years ago. Um, and I do this routine about American football and I would just lay into American football and what you'd get is a room divide where half of them would be like so vehemently with you, like, yes, 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 yes. And then you'd get all these football fans who were like, uh, no, yeah. how dare you say this about my favorite sport. But it really kind of sparked up a room um, and it was really fun to do. And then I was like, great, this is like, so it was like my closer before the mm. raps, the raps always the closer. And I was like, okay, I'm putting this in my Edinburgh show. And then I'd do it over here. And it was still a good routine with good jokes, but you felt that just because people didn't, they felt, oh, I don't know about the NFL, which I, it annoys me also because you're CTE like, as well. but, yeah, but you explain that, but mm. they, un, you know, they understand about sports concussions. They understand about, you know, the history of race in America. They understand. And there's that thing where you bring up a topic people don't know. And they're like, oh, I don't know about this. So I'm not going to really pay attention. Therefore, I'm not going to laugh. Right. And that was always annoying. because I was like, well, I'm doing this routine because it is good. And I think it is mm. important for you guys to know what America is really like. Um, Because I think most people in the UK wouldn't know about like college athletics and how, you know, these kids, the only way they can go to college is to get a scholarship and then they aren't paid for it Mm. um, and they get their brain fucked up. So it's absolutely mad. um, I was was, I can't even something recently. I think maybe it was a podcast I was listening to and they were saying maybe it's something about the election. But I I can't remember. But they were saying how the colleges make. Well, like they've all got stadiums full of people watching yeah. this sport, and the kids don't. More people watch college football than professional football. Yeah, and the kids don't make any money out of it. And it was someone mm-hmm. was arguing the case to to pay them, and I can't remember yeah. what it was I was listening to. But it's it's, it's yeah. mad, and like you say, they're getting injured, and then they're you know 
they were big, they're bright futures, and then they're driving the Uber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's stuff that I'll do over there that doesn't work over here. But um, you know, I I think I always had that because I'd always write write shows in Australia, then do them in Edinburgh. And so there's always that kind of switch. You're like, oh, okay, that's annoying. The first you know ten minutes of the show I did in Australia mm-hmm. would never be the same in the UK because really you know you'd make it you'd always kick off with the local stuff do a mcintyre right yeah, always yeah. open up be like hey let's talk about you guys and all the weird things you do you mm. can't do that in edinburgh um so yeah. with and also if you're doing an edinburgh show don't open by talking about edinburgh people because they've heard all that material before yeah. from every other comedian <laughs> with the cte routine that doesn't sound like it's a wordplay sort of routine was it no it was just it was just a, like an observation that well, yeah, and one that's at the end of the show, right? So you don't, it can be more like, here's some meat, here's something I want to talk about. Mm. But also, like my, the last show I was working on, like, you know, I've kind of got two shows I was working on before lockdown. One was a musical comedy show, which I'd done in Australia, and I'd, I'd been working on for like a year and a half, and I'd done in New York. And that's that was because a, a producer friend was like, hey, you should do a kind of Bo Burnham style jokes, raps, freestyle, poetry yeah. show. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'll, I started writing it and I really liked it. And it worked well. Um, and that's, you know, one separate show, which was literally like, start with a funny rap, do a freestyle. Here's another funny rap. Here's some one-liners with some air horns behind them. Um, and then here's some more, you know, structure and fun stuff. And yeah. like, that was what I was going to be doing at Edinburgh this year. Gone, right? right? But because I'd been working on that for a year and a half, I was like, well, I still should write a new show. So I went to Australia and I did the the rap show, but I also did, I was like, I'm just going to do an hour of stand-up stuff that I've been writing and working on that I haven't necessarily been doing in clubs, but material I've been working on for a year. Um, and that show was really, really fun. Um, but I don't think I'm you know, probably going to tour it. Cause by the time I get around to touring a show that's not the rap show, that material will now be two and a half years old and i'm like meh whatever yeah um and there's bits of it that i'll put in the rap show because they were i was still talking about like hip-hop a lot um but like the opening routine of that was just a story because and it had gags in mm. but it was just a story of like oh here's a you know here's a weird uber ride i had which is such an la routine but doing <laughs> in australia was just really nice and it was interesting i found that like when i did a club set in la I'd always kick off with some quick gags, quick gags mm. that do a rap, right? Because like often the sets are quite short over there. It's only when you're on the road that you're doing like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. If I did that, if I did a couple of quick jokes, then a story, I always felt the audience were a bit weirded out. They were like, wait, we thought you just did quick jokes. Why are you telling a story now? Oh, Whereas yeah. if you walk on and start with a story, they're like, oh, this guy tells stories. Cool. They don't like it when you change. So, yeah, so is that it Australian show is much... Gags after that? Yeah, I think so. Um, so it was much less... Um, you'd either have to find a framing device rather than like, oh, here are some gags. You have to be like kind of, oh, I was chatting to my, my friend the other day. Mm. He's a bit weird. Like, you know, he was telling me and then just do some one-liners, which is a structure I used to do. I used like to talk about my brother. Three months. And then I just do like weird one-liners. Yeah, yeah. Well, that works, but that's because you're setting out mm. that it's, yeah, yeah. this is the show. It's going to be weird. And they like that. Um, mm. But yeah, that Australian one, it was like, it was just pretty much just stories and I'd have a couple of gags thrown in. But I think that's what my Edinburgh shows have been. The last two ones, especially, it it would always... I would never just be like, here's one-liners. It was just, I'm going to tell jokes, jokes, jokes. Um, yeah. And I think I got better at that. But it's still something I'm you know less experienced at because I've not done it as long. But I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got any stuff down that you couldn't get to work? Anything for whatever? Um, so the... Uh... <laughs> 
There's a joke that I've always loved, yeah, yeah, um, cool. which I, tur- I, I, I turned into a joke that, that did work. Um, but like in the same way that my Christ is for life, not just for dogmas joke, I'm like so proud of. I'm like, that is a joke that it's a transpositional pun. There's very few yeah, of those yeah. in the English language. Um, and I think this is the one of the genuinely, you know, funny ones. And I was like, I'm proud that that is a joke I've come up with. In the same way, like, you know, there's jokes that we have that um, as comedians, like say your joke goes into the popular consciousness. It was like a joke of mine. One of my earliest jokes was I'm friends with 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. Right. And it's a joke that I used <laughs> to get texted. And I was like, no, I wrote that joke. Um, I have that with one of I, mine. I, it's it, that's memed everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Did, it, just, did that irritate you to start which one with? Is it? And my one's the, no. I went to Waterstones, asked a woman for a book about turtles. She said hardback. And I was like, yeah, little heads. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah, great. And it's those jokes that then people start saying you've stolen them because they're like, oh no, I've seen that in a list of Mitch Hedberg jokes, right? Yeah, yeah. Because a good joke like that, people just are like, well, I'm going to attribute that to, mm. like the 25 letters one, I'm pretty sure everyone would be like, that's a Tim Vine joke, that. Um, <laughs> so those jokes, yeah, initially you get annoyed, but now I'm like, well, I'm not telling that on stage anymore. Yeah. And I used to do, I used to then do routines about the joke itself, like mm. being this thing. So that was then fun. Yeah. Um, so um, jokes end the popular consciousness, that, that's cool. And then, you know, it's I'm nice to have these little gleaming examples of jokes that I like. But so this is a joke that I am so proud of. I'm like, this is the perfect joke. It's short, it's brilliant. And I would be lucky if 5% of an audience ever laughed at it. <laughs> Um, so just to set up the fact that you're probably not going to laugh at it, right? Yeah, um, and anyone listening is going to be like, this ain't even funny. No, no, it's not. Is it no, clever? the joke is just, it's clever. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's, it's numismatists. They're tender lovers. Okay, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. A numismatist is a coin collector. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the issue. I tried it in different formats. I was wow. like, kind of, you know, oh, I slept with a numismatist. He was a tender lover. And I was always like, are people not laughing because I'm saying I slept with a man? Uh. And you... then you're like, oh, no, people just don't know what numismatic... Like, my it cat is called collector. Colonel... Uh, I, I don't like it. I'll tell you what I turned okay, it into. Okay, cool. But, like, my cat is called Colonel Widdershins because my wife and I, we got a cat and we're like, oh, I should call it. And I, I was like, I really like the word Widdershins. And we assumed everyone would know the word Widdershins. Widdershins is, the, is like, a, it means anti-clockwise in old Scotch, right? It's from Macbeth. Okay. Quite often, like, Widdershins is a very witchy word. This is not to say my wife's one of those kind of, oh, I'm a witch, which is what everyone fucking is on Instagram now. But people just, every time the vet calls out, they're like, Colonel Widdershins? And we're like, oh, no one knows what this is. Which is my blindness to not know that everyone knew what numismatist was. Um, so the, I used to just do that on stage occasionally um as a throwaway in the same way that like my one of my favorite jokes i do is you know when i was 12 i was listening to a lot of dr dre uh, dr dre when you're 12 is quite a lot to take in i thought it was pronounced dr dr e <laughs> get your laugh um and then sometimes i would add on the tag um and this would get a laugh that the setup i'd go ah who knows what they called him before his two phds and that was an ac- accidental <laughs> joke because i was setting up this punchline i would go i would go i just mutter mystery that was the punchline and that wouldn't get the laugh the two the two phds would get the laugh and it was maybe about five sh- i was doing an edinburgh run um and my it was a show my agent put together and after about seeing it six times he went i just got that mystery joke and i'm like oh wow what, what's wrong with all of you 
Like, and, but the, the audience never got it. So, That's so there's weird. those jokes that sometimes I'll throw in for myself. Like, and I didn't mind that. Like, especially in an Edinburgh show, in a 20 minute set, if you have a joke that doesn't hit, people mm. immediately lose confidence, especially in the UK. In America, if they don't get a joke, if I do a new bit of material or something and don't get it, I would literally just make a joke. I'd just be, be like, I suppose you don't have that over here. Or just yeah. some kind of dumb thing. Um, why do, or like if they don't, why don't, if they don't laugh, get... I just go that my accent, I'll be like, oh, if you didn't find that joke funny, at least my accent's interesting or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why do you think they don't get the mystery? Because you've set it up because you've... Um, because I think the joke has come. They're like, Dr. Dr. E, that was the joke, right? Right. And then it feels like a throwaway. What do they call them before? It's two PhDs. Mystery. And does that get a, they a just, laugh, they the just PhD think, line? The two PhDs would, yeah. But Which pretty, I never understood. I can't understood. understand why they don't get that. Because it's it's perfect. And you, yeah. You just I, Dr. I think Dr. it's e. because you, you're not hitting it as a punchline, right? Right. I think if... But if you hit it as a punchline, it gets a groan. Yes, if you go... Mr. E. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, oh, works f- if you're delivering it in a certain way. Like, again, it works for, it would work for Tim Vine. It would work for, mm. you know, people who are hitting jokes like that. Um, in the same way that, like, there are, you know, there are jokes. I mean, this is a joke that, again, one uh, starting out, a joke that used to kill for me. Like, it used to be my kind of closing one-liner if I wasn't doing my periodic table closer, which was, like, where I'd mm. recite the the elements and then do the element surprise thing yeah um and this joke was um i bought my it was my brother-in-law i was talking about my brother who had asperger's which was all a lie right like um <laughs> like i don't have a brother i used to work with kids with asperger's and i wrote a lot of asperger's jokes but then i couldn't obviously say hey these kids with asperger's right, so say these weird things yeah 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 if it's my brother i can mock him so I do all these jokes about my brother, which were always the smartest jokes in my set. Mm. I just say he said them. And then if people laughed at them so much, sometimes I'd just be go, fuck you, I wrote that joke, he's not real, which would ruin it, but it would make me feel proud. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Um, so I had this joke about, um, it was a joke that I'd written in a notebook and my then girlfriend, um, not now wife, now ex-girlfriend, had like <laughs> was reading through my little joke notebook and was like, um, this joke's really funny. And I was like, I looked at it and I was like, that is a shit joke. And she's like, no, you should try it on stage. I was like, you're mental. If I did it on stage, people would boo me off the stage. And the joke was, my brother, uh, for Christmas, my brother bought me a laminator. It's a machine that kills baby sheep. <laughs> and that is a good joke. Thank you. Um, but when I wrote it, I think I'd written it down as, oh, I've got a machine that kills baby sheep. A laminator. It's a laminator, which gets you yes, the groan, right? Yes, and it's yes, that whole yes. thing of puns. You put the punchline in the middle put and the, then put explain the rea- it. And the then... reality, the logic in the, the first bit, a normal sentence. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good way of explaining it. So that was one that I thought wouldn't work. I never mm. even tried it, right? Um, and But I, I don't mind yeah. having a joke that only one person laughs at if it's an edinburgh show yeah because i'll make a joke about that and i'll keep i'll put jokes in the show i'm like usually three in a show and i don't when i was working with like um like steve hall or dan atkinson have like worked with me on my edinburgh shows Mm. um never like writing jokes because like in the past i've worked with comics where i was like oh hey can you like add some jokes to this show like stephen grant is such Mm. a good joke writer and i was like hey can you have a look at this show and see if there's any jokes pop up and every joke he put in was great, but it didn't feel right 
to yeah. me i was like that's not a joke i would make um that's not to say steven's not can't write people's voice i think he was writing for the type of jokes that i would have used to do mm. um and it's like i've had times where people have given me a joke like pete otway gave me a joke yeah. years ago we were like driving the car he's like oh there's this joke i've written I, I don't think i can make it work for me it feels like it'd work for you yeah again because it was like a one-liner and i tried it on stage and it like got a laugh but it felt weird because i was like that's not my joke is it mm. um so stop doing it i mean the joke's great it's um i've learned a new uh, technique that i'm hoping will give my girlfriend multiple orgasms fingers crossed right <laughs> and it's a good joke but it never felt right because i hadn't written it so i was like oh i'm not i'm not gonna use this um there's also i like, i've given comedians jokes that i've then regretted because i've come up with an idea for a joke and i was like oh i can't use this and i've given it to someone like, oh cheers and then i'm like later on i'm like oh fuck <laughs> that would be a great punchline for this joke and you know i'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. i think can i reclaim that joke <laughs> um the so that yeah jokes that i don't mind people if only five percent of the audience get in an edinburgh show is fine so i'll reference it it's like mm -hmm. i had one show where i had this recurring joke where um it was the first of it was i was talking about like punching nazis i was like you know i don't people say oh you can't punch a nazi i'm like i think you can punch a nazi i think you should i don't think you should shoot um, a nazi especially not a neo-nazi because they can dodge bullets in a really cool way <laughs> right which is yeah. I, I love that joke i know again it's an edinburgh jo show joke i think i wouldn't do it on the stage new matrix is coming out soon so that you, people will know the reference oh is it there's, there's, oh, there's a new one um, yeah oh mate i'm gonna bring it back yeah. um and i'd do that and it would get like half the audience and then the joke was that i would keep doing throughout the show punchlines which were ne neo was the thing so it was yeah. like I'd talk about this type of art and I was like uh, Peter Paul Rubens or something. And I was like, Oh, obviously, uh, you know, people don't, a lot of people say that blah, 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 blah. Um, those are, you know, the neo, the neo romanticists. Uh, and obviously uh, you don't want to shoot a neo romanticist and yet you just keep doing it until like only one person is really laughing and I'd throw them in like neoclassicism and uh, the final one was like ne Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. 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 Um, and you just do it until only one person's laughing and I'm like, that person fucking loves it. This is great. And like <laughs> jokes that sometimes on a, on a, it was always weird on a night, like sometimes the routine hits differently and I'm like, oh, that's because I've delivered it differently or I've delivered it wrong with the wrong energy. Right. And mm. I can see why it's going to get a round of applause one night and like a mild tit of the next night, which has always been a problem for me because like, my delivery is pretty shit. <laughs> but the, I had have jokes that some nights would just go silent. And some nights would get such a good reaction. I'm like, that literally just depends who's in the room. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the one that comes to mind was, I talk about like, I don't know, I was talking about religion and I just throw in a joke about like, um, you know, hey, Catholicism, I, I don't want to really go there. But like, um, you know, because if you joke about Catholics, people get really angry. All you Catholics are like, our oh, priests are innocent. And I was like, no, that's 13 of your popes. <laughs> and it requires you to know that they're, I mean, it requires you to know that there have been popes called Pope Innocent. It doesn't matter that there's 13. The 13 is there to make you seem even more clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. some nights people are just pass it over. And that's fine. You you put it in the middle of a, a phrase so it doesn't seem like I'm hitting a punchline. And then some nights you're like, is everyone here Catholic? Or is everyone here clever? Or is everyone here attuned to the rhythms of comedy? What <laughs> is it? Um, and again, I've never had a problem with doing that. Where... I think with one-liners, that's always going to be a problem at some point. Is yeah, it's all because if like if I ever die or have a 
egg jokes that don't work. It, I don't let it ever bother me now because I know mm. that they all make sense as jokes. Yeah. So there's no problem with the joke. It's just some. So I've, I've said this on here before, but it's like it's 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 like people say you can't blame an audience, but I, you, you can. Like mm. it's it's their fault that they don't like my style of comedy, and it's my fault mm. that I don't do what they like. It's just. But I'm not going to, I can't change. It's what I do. So yeah. I don't ever let it bother me now. Yeah. No, I think that's right. The, the Just to finish off the thought I had was um, with like uh, with Dan and with Steve, they would always go through my Edinburgh scripts and just mm. be like, you have too many jokes that make people feel dumb. Or like, <laughs> there are too many cute jokes here. You can only have two or three jokes like that mm. where the audience is going to go, oh, did I not get that? Uh then they're going to second guess themselves or they're mm. going to get annoyed with you. And so like, as I got more experienced, I was like, okay, I'm only going to have one joke a show really, which might make other, because I like when one person feels really clever in the audience. One person laughs a lot. Um, and like an example from the, the new, the rap show, like I do this bit where I just kind of, I talk about how I'm jealous of rappers because they get air horns. They'll like do a, a line uh, they'll like say something and then the DJ will be like, bah, 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 bah. like yeah. I feel that means they can get away with like pretty shit things they say on stage just because there's an air horn behind it to hype the audience up. So like, I feel like I should be able to do that with jokes. So I'm going to tell you some shit jokes with an air horn. I do like some <laughs> yeah. real cheesy one liners, um, which one like one of my favorite one liners do at the moment. And you know, like presumably you always have like a one liner in your pocket. So when people go tell us a joke, yeah, you just yeah. pull that one out. You're like, this yeah. is what they want as a joke. So like that mm. joke, which leads off that section is I'm taking a break from karate lessons. It's a hiatus. And the air horn works because if they don't get the joke, they laugh at the air horn, right? Yeah. Over. So then I do a couple more shit jokes that get shitter and shitter. Um, and then I have this joke that is a bit more obscure. And in the past, I would have I would have done like this. I go, um, I get real pissed off that people say vaccines cause autism. That's definitely not the case. And I have evidence. I can prove it. I've been vaccinated on 18 separate occasions. <laughs> and I could tell you the location of each clinic. I could tell you the time of day I had the injection. I could tell you the name of the nurse and the colors of the walls in the waiting room. I could tell you the name of every magazine on the rack, right? And I just keep I keep doing that until the whole audience has got, we get it. He's autistic. That's the joke. Whereas in the past, I would have just stopped at, I've been vaccinated on 15 separate occasions and I know the date of each one of them or whatever. I would have stopped uh, there right. and been like, only the few people who can make that big mental leap to, ha ha. Because yeah. then I was like, they'll laugh more and feel clever. Whereas actually by gently teasing out the joke until you explain it, mm. um, everyone can join in. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. haven't avoided my love for, niche jokes because then that has tags again like the doctor doctor e joke that not everyone gets because i'd mm. be like that's actually a, not a joke about autism that's a joke about insufficient sample size and if you only hear one joke about insufficient sample size then you are part of the problem right which again like <laughs> that's alienating for some people but like my first enema show i had a review from brian donaldson that was like turner has this habit of coming up with a great joke and then undercutting it with a shit pun and i was like kind of fuck you because i one puns are seen as lesser which is bullshit mm. because actually they're the jokes that you tell a mate down the pub and they have a good laugh and like the example he gave was um again that first show was all about hip-hop as well um and i was like 
Jay-Z's early stuff is is great. It's visceral, it's real. It's like he's report he's a street correspondent. Now it's so materialistic, it just feels like he stepped into the booth and started wrapping a receipt. Um and like he really liked that. Which was a joke that it's not like you'd not do that in a club. Mm. You do that in an Edinburgh show. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so then because I'd been working on the material in clubs, I was like, you know, I just do an impression of Jay-Z rapping about the things he owns. Like, I got so much money. I bought a muzzle for my pet duck. Nothing flashy, but it fits the bill. <laughs> and you get a big, whoa. And he was like, oh, yeah. One example, he does this shit thing. And I was like, oh, fuck off. That's... Um, <laughs> that might not have been Brian Donaldson, actually. I know I know that he gave that <laughs> David show a three star and was like, he didn't like when I started telling a story. He was like, oh, the one line is great. Why does he start telling this story? And I'm like, because I enjoy it. And... One thing, you know, that I think I'm quite good at is when I read like a good review, of a, not a good review, but like a well-written review. Like I know Jay Richardson reviewed a couple of my shows and every time I read his reviews, even though he'd given like three or three and a half stars, I was like, oh, I do agree with you about everything right. you've said. Yeah, yeah. You are right. Whereas, so which means I can read a review sometimes and be like, oh, I fundamentally disagree. Yeah, this yeah, is the yeah. show I want to do. You want it to be a different show, which is the similar thing of like, yeah, you perform for the audience and if it's not what they want, then oh, well. Yeah, yeah, doesn't matter. Someone else will like it. Um, before we finish up, how did you change the tender joke? Oh, yeah. Um, so that now, I just use the same, the, essentially the wordplay is just, the, it's the tender that's the wordplay, right? Mm. That's that's what the, the pun is. So now um, I do that in a sequence of, it's actually one of my favorite jokes, uh, a sequence of hip hop jokes, which has that Dr. Dre joke in, which has jokes about like, musical taste being younger and listening to hip-hop as a young guy um and i like my mum hates the music um she says the it's a different joke she says the violent misogynistic lyrics and imagery make me a worse person um i told her to shut a bitch ass mouth <laughs> uh, easy nice laugh uh, although depending on the gig i'll say cracker ass mouth because apparently you know they're like oh that's more acceptable than saying bitch ass i had that feedback from some people they were like they were like oh you can't say bitch ass you crack cracker ass is much better um and it works either way um i'd for bitch ass but then i'm like yeah she hated that the music was all guns bitches and bling i don't see a problem with that i love bitches and bling i love women i love money i love my women like my money legal tender nice that's the joke that's nice. and it works it, it works nicely um and you get a, you get it works because you get a kind of oh because they're like oh what you brought up underage sex or whatever yeah, like no yeah. i'm saying i legal um and then again like in america actually you can tag that with and the queen's face um <laughs> which is nice or any country and actually make a joke about their currency in australia mm. you know add uh, made of plastic that money's made of it's, it's quite oh, an easy cool. joke to actually you know oh, um yeah. If I was gigging in Zimbabwe, I'd say going down really, going down at an alarming rate. You know, that's it's a it's a fun little all post thing. But yeah, that's what I changed it to, and I was <laughs> I was glad I could make it work. Um, so, so why did you hate coin collector? Was it just too spe- like too obvious? Too uh, yeah. or just the rhythm? I don't know. I think it was probably it was probably me being precious about it. Mm. But I mean, the like, news wh- way is is more you anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's just like, that's the joke I whip out when when you're having a conversation about who's got the shortest joke or whatever. Like another similar joke, like coin collectors are tender lovers or coin collectors they're tender lovers is for. My, my three word one is um, 
appraising crickets overrated right yeah. like that's oh uh, yep got you yeah exactly it's, it's yeah, not yeah, funny yeah, yeah, and yeah, often yeah. Those, those short jokes the aren't one, funny jokes right? that are just one line are hard to get laughs from i think yeah but you did one earlier that that the dogma one that, yeah, but that has a much bigger line. setup, though. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like you, you have to, you have to set it up. Um, sorry, my cat's here. Hey, Colonel Widdershins. This is, this is. I spoke about Colonel Widdershins about how that thing is where you think everyone knows a word, um, <laughs> but uh, everyone else doesn't know the word. Um, is there an urgent emergency? Oh no, you brought him up here because I should do. Thank you very much. <laughs> we have um, the the house the house housekeepers are coming round, and so. They have a tendency to leave the door open and then he tries to escape. So uh, whenever they're here, I'd try and keep him in here. Um, I had- yeah, I think it was probably uh, me not wanting to... I don't know. What, yeah, one line joke's hard. But yeah, that thing about calling clothes versus numismatist. thing mm. is, it's not a joke that would kill on stage. But that, that dogmas joke has a setup because you have to explain to them like, um, I don't know. It had some setup, but yeah, I've got yeah. a friend who believes that blah, 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 blah. But I told him a crisis for life, not for dogmas. Yeah. It has to okay. have that to really work. I think with the one line ones, they're just not expecting the punch that quick sometimes. Mm. But I've got, I had, I've got quite a few like that that I don't ever do in my club set, like sergeant majors or attention seekers and things like that. Because <laughs> it's, it's just like a, it's just a statement. And it, I feel like they don't really. Yeah. Because I've got one, which is a Star Wars one, which is two words. It's just Chewy's tough, <laughs> but yeah, never, good. never, never, never has got it's, any sort of response. Even well, this is like that that dogmas joke. Steve Bennett reviewed maybe that joke, but also just like a, an early set I did in general as more clever than it is funny, which is a phrase I love. Right, like <laughs> if I have a podcast, that's what it's getting called. Um, and I loved that. I was like, yeah. It's a funny joke, but it's more clever. Like, because yeah, again, yeah. all I cared about was being clever and intelligent. Like, that's what happens when you raise a kid to be like, "You're so clever, Christopher. Well done. Why are you becoming a comedian? Why not become a lawyer?" Um, <laughs> but I was like, "Yeah, that is." And I think these jokes are that, right? And what's wrong with that? Like, if you think about all the kind of these great wits of the past, all these, you know, it's they're not telling jokes; they're telling bon mots or bon mots or however you pronounce it. And yeah, like you read a book of quotations. They're not funny. They're just smart things that people mm. say. And I, I, don't, I don't mind that. Now, yeah, I appreciate that you shouldn't be doing what I was doing, which was like trying to go to a weekend club and be like, oh, here are these clever jokes. Mm. Um, but I don't know. That's also kind of staying true to what you want. Like, again, I think from early on, I was always like, well, I'm just going to tell jokes that I would like to hear. Yes. And fuck them if they don't want it, which... You know, I think it was also why I was reluctant to kind of freestyle rap because I was like, oh, this is crowd pleasing. Why would I want to do that? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Chris Turner! Hashtag Awuga. Chris Turner. So good stuff. Lovely. Um, thank you, Chris Turner. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, any feedback uh, at Jokes with Mark, and then we will, if Joel lets me, if he lets me talk about the feedback. I'll let you read out as much as me, I want to hear. Yeah, well, and I'll do that. So get, hit, hit your feedback. Let us know what you think um, about anything, about the podcast or about the jokes in specifically. Um, I do believe, Joel, that this podcast, because I haven't listened back yet, was we were talking about the jokes a lot more than the rapping. Is that true? Mm-hmm. And yep. then, well, if you want to hear more about his rapping, is this true, Joel? Um, it's true. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. And uh, we, we just uploaded another episode on there. A little bonus, bonus, episode. bonus, bonus. Weekly bonus. bonus. Yeah. Go and sign From up. If you're not little. signed up, you're missing so much From bonus as content. as little as £3 a month. Go and support the podcast and you get loads of cracking uh, bonus uh, audio. Uh, so head over there. Um, as you're rushing me, Joe, shall we just anything more from you, Joe? Nothing more from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? <laughs> Nothing more from me, Joe. <laughs> Hashtag Aruga, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.